The inciting incident is what propels our hero into the story. But what happens next? The build-up is the middle of Act 1, where the suspense builds towards the conclusion of Act 1, and our hero begins to feel the consequences of their actions. Where does the tension lead? And what will our protagonist have to overcome to become the hero they were meant to be? Welcome to Writing Quest. Welcome to Writing Quest. My name is Brennan Pugh, and in today's episode, we are talking about the build-up of Act 1, the moment where you go from the inciting incident, where they are thrust into the adventure, all the way to the first plot point before you get to the conclusion of Act 1. This is the part of the story where the, the tension starts to build, but you don't quite know who the enemy is yet, and it's a really exciting part to write. I like to think of it as the Act 2 of Act 1. All right, so before we talk about how it relates to our story, I want to kind of talk about what the buildup is. The buildup is essentially the Act 2 of Act 1. It's where we start to see some twists, small twists, a lot of foreshadowing, and you start to up the tension in the character's mind. It's where the main characters begin to sort of wrap, um, begin to sort of grapple with their inner conflict and the effects of the inciting incident start to weigh on their shoulders. And a lot of looming danger in this part of the story, but we haven't quite revealed the main villain or even kind of gotten to who that might be. That's reserved for the first plot point and getting into Act 2. And even then, you might not totally reveal who the villain is, but you just sort of allude to who it might be or, or you know, build upon the internal conflict of the character. All of this, of course, goes back to relating it to the internal conflict of the character because that's why you care about this story. So for the buildup, um, because it, to me, is the Act 2 of Act 1, we're going to kind of borrow the story structure of Act 2 for the whole book, and we're going to insert that into the buildup part of this story. So in the second act, you generally have the pre-reactionary hero before they have the game-changing twist, which leads to the post-reactionary hero. So those are the three kind of things. So we're going to start with someone who's kind of unsure of themselves. There's going to be kind of a game-changing moment for the characters, and then there'll be a different person at the end. It's kind of a small character arc, a small character change that happens right here in the beginning of Act 1. So let's get into it with our main characters. Here we go. Okay, so we're going to start with Ro, who is our main protagonist. And if you have been following along, you know that in the beginning and the inciting incident, um, Sheeb has begun to deal with the wolves and she's had a few encounters. And unbeknownst to her, she has started to bond with and she has kind of a magical link with one of them. Because of this, she... So we come out of the inciting incident where... She had some issues with the wolves in the forest, which she now believes has led to the attack that destroyed their home. And so her conflict right now is she's really feeling like pretty much all of this is her fault. And Gaian and Artemis kind of know some of the truth. They maybe don't know everything. She's really kind of um, just very conflicted about how much she says, what she doesn't say. And so this is kind of her as the pre-reactionary. This is where she is uncertain 
doesn't know what to do and is really feeling the weight of the burden of the choices she has made so far as it relates to her internal conflict. So what's going to happen because she has had these visions is that she's going to start having dreams. She's going to start having some small visions of, you know, the wolves in the forest. Uh, and then all of a sudden those keep building, those keep building. So she's dealing with this internal, like, what have I done? What have I done? I got my friend killed. I destroyed our home. And now she's starting to have these visions and they won't leave her alone. She tries to forget them. She tries to push them off. She even occasionally is going to try and discuss them with Artemis and some of her mentors. And then that's not going to really go so well. And she's really going to flounder in this effort. Basically, we're going to take the pain up the ante so much that she ends up having to actually do something about it. And that's where the game-changing midpoint comes in of this part of the story. She is going to have an epic vision of just everything from life and death, destruction, the whole works. It's going to be this massive sequence where she wakes up in the night and is like, holy crap, I cannot take this anymore. What am I going to do? The moment she wakes up, she's going to have She's going to wake up and she's going to see the wolf that she's bonded with near the edge of the forest. And because this vision was so intense and it's been building and building and building, that's where the game change part comes in, where she actually decides, I'm going to do something about this. So she follows, and then now she becomes the post-reactionary hero, where she follows the wolf into the forest and they officially really meet for the first time and discover that there is actually this kind of bond between them that they, that has been building between them. That's the story of Rose. So now let's move on to Artemis and the story that he's going to be going through. So Artemis and Gaian are brothers and they have always conflicted. That's kind of the story between them is they have different approaches to life. They have different approaches to how they would solve problems. And so Artemis is going to be just really struggling with this grief of the last remnants of his father, his staff has been destroyed. He's failed his people. He has not done what he was supposed to do, which was lead them to their salvation. He put that off. He put them in this, you know, peaceful place, and then it all got destroyed. He lost that connection to his father. So he's really grieving this kind of moment where he was has been unsure of himself the whole time from the moment he had to actually save his people to now, and it's just gotten darker for him. He's just totally um, messed it all up, and he feels super, super guilty, but also grieving that last connection to his family, to his past. It was that staff, and so now that's gone. So his brother Gain is going to kind of see that, and kind of try to console him and work with him and they're going to have a moment um, because ultimately the story they're going to part ways that's the kind of the plan with this is that they're going to never really reconcile and eventually part ways and that's kind of the duality you see where they're both mentors to row and so she's kind of split between the two of like how do I deal with the things I'm going through and so for Artemis He's going to, this is going to be their one moment of reconciling, of like good reconciling, where they realize that they need each other. They feel that they, you know, Gaian realizes how important that staff was to him and their connection to their father. And I would say that Artemis has definitely was more connected to their father when he was alive. So 
Gaim was less connected, but he also sees the importance of, you know, how that worked for um, his brother. And so after consoling him, they, you know, kind of bind themselves together and that they're going on this quest together. They are, you know, they may have had this setback, they may have been wasting time, but now they are really going for it and they're officially going on the journey that will bring their people to salvation. So that's the game-changing moment for him. Obviously, it's going to be a lot smaller than Rose, but it's going to be this reconciliation moment with his brother, and then he becomes a little more upbeat going forward, a little more optimistic. We're going to set him up to fail, essentially, going forward with the rest of the story. Finally, that leaves us Gaian, and he's basically just the opposite of Artemis in a sense, in that his game-changing moment is also going to be that conversation with Artemis. Um, he's going to start with He's very angry. He's very angry this all happened. He's kind of blaming everyone. He's blaming Artemis. He's blaming Roe. He maybe I don't think he's going to know the full extent of what Roe did or what happened with Roe previously in the opening hook part of the story, but he's going to know enough that he's going to kind of blame her. So he's so whereas Roe and Artemis are feeling the shame of their choices and they're not really blaming anyone, they're blaming themselves. Gaian's the opposite. He's like, I didn't do this. This is not my fault. I'm blaming these people. It's all your fault. And then he's going to end up talking to his brother, which they're going to basically share the same game-changing midpoint, which is this reconciliation moment where they finally kind of work through their issues for the time being, which is going to lead him um, as the post-reactionary hero. He's going to become kind of, um, he's going to apologize. He's going to talk to Ro and kind of apologize to her and they're going to basically it's just these mini, miniature character stories and arcs within this first act that kind of give them a brief moment of change. It's not the ultimate change of the whole story, but it's the change in that moment for them. So to recap, I hope that helps. That is the buildup of our story. That's kind of where we're going. It's the act two of act one, as I like to call it. And you really just start building the tension. And if you are struggling with this point. I've been struggling with it a little bit as I've been working on the outline. Put some comments below and maybe we can help each other out. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Writing Quest. Like, comment, share, and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Huzzah!